0: This podcast was brought to you by Speak Spokane, a community-driven podcasting studio space where people from all walks of life can speak and be heard. Follow along with us on Instagram at Speak Spokane and visit SpeakPodcasting.com to learn more about starting your podcasting journey today. Today's episode is sponsored by Burn Butter. Burn butter is an all-natural, low-carb, keto-friendly product created to help you consume healthy fats when you need them the most. You can add it to your coffee, you can add it to your food, you can add it to your smoothies. You can even consume it straight out of the pouch. My favorite way to use it is to add my mocha burn butter to my coffee. You give it a nice blend and you're ready to go. It's a new way to add healthy fats in your diet without making any huge adjustments. You can find Burn Butter at burnbutter.com or you can visit them on Instagram at burnbutters. Go check them out today. Hello, and welcome to the Super90s Brothers. I am your host, Brennan. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy?
1: I hope someday, Fester, that you too will know the indescribable joy of having children and of paying someone else to raise them.
0: <laughs> that was an amazing Gomez, I have to say. You sounded just like Raul Julia. Thank you. How um, you doing, man? Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. It's Thanksgiving. I'm here with one of my best buddies talking about a, a great, awesome 90s Thanksgiving movie, Life Can't Get Better.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, it, Thanksgiving is upon us. It's, it's kind of strange here in, uh, in the world, obviously, with, uh, you know, the COVID and the second lockdown. But, uh, we had a great Thanksgiving. We kind of just chilled out at home and made our own little Thanksgiving with, uh, Lincoln Ivy. And yeah, it just, it was really, really, uh, it was really, really nice just to chill out at home. So,
1: well, if you guys couldn't tell, this is our Thanksgiving show, and uh, Brent and I welcome all of you to Super Nineties Brothers. We wish you a very special Turkey Day this 2020, which is the craziest year ever. But don't let that, you know, put a stain on what is probably, inarguably, the best, you know, all-around holiday. Am I wrong here? Four days, turkey, football, you know, Thanksgiving, pretty high up there on most people's lists. Do you think it is? Y- Your favorite holiday? It's mine because it comes with a four-day weekend. Like, you just – nothing else competes with just that alone. Like, if any other holiday just had a four-day weekend alone, we could be in the same conversation, but they don't.
0: Right. Uh, So. I mean, I like Thanksgiving. We actually have, like, a love-hate in our family with it because me and Abby usually like to get out of town and get away for, like – because it is. You're right. We usually get four days off of work. And then it's always good to, like, maybe couple up, cup, couple, uh, another days off from work, and you get, like, a nice nice little vacation. And we usually go to the ocean or go to – sea. Or, I mean, yeah, we go somewhere. And this year, we were planning on going to Seaside, Oregon, but then the second round of lockdowns happened, and we were, like, probably shouldn't go. And nothing's open there. We would just be hanging out in the condo and not really being able to do anything except for walk on the beach, which wouldn't have been bad, but we were planning, like, an entire week. So – yeah, I,
1: I feel you. We did exactly that. We went to the beach and stayed in our hotel and walked on the beach and tried to find restaurants that were open. So we did exactly what you just described.
0: So, But yeah, well, thank you everyone for coming and listening to the Super 90s Brothers. Ow. We have some really exciting news for you. Ow. Last time, and I don't even think I told you this, Adam, this is not in the show notes. We oh, are no. We are officially a speak spokane podcast now so that means you're going to hear some commercials at the beginning of this uh and you've yeah you've already heard the commercials and uh we are just super excited to be able to take our podcast to speak spokane it makes sense because i work there and now we can kind of put the two together and i have this nice fancy board where we can do drops and uh, is it
1: is it safe to say that the Super Nineties Brothers is the flagship, you know, program for Speak Spokane?
0: You know, at the moment, it's one of the probably top three, easily. Oh, oh. You know, when I talk to people about like their listens and how many times like their show gets listened to, downloaded, whatnot, our show gets is right up there with all of them. So, uh, and so as as always, thank you so much for listening reviewing whatever keep on sharing it with your friends and you got anything to add to that yeah
1: um just that uh, we love you guys and uh interact with us we're always available we're not popular girls don't like us we smell bad so you can email us you can call us you can text us you can come over to my house and play video games i'm really good at um super smash brothers on nintendo 64 but I'm not good at the newer ones. So if you come here and you want to play the newer ones, I'm going to send you right out the front door. So
0: Yeah. That's, uh. I mean, I, I'm married, so I'm not really interested in the ladies um, outside of my wife, obviously. Um, but, <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it, Adam. We're, this week, we are talking about the closest Thanksgiving movie series that we could come up with, which was The Adams Family. Oh, and I think well,
1: the- <laughs> we're not really doing both of them though.
0: Are we not? Because you gave me clips for the Adams Family.
1: I gave you a rap scene, uh, a rap from the Adams Family. But no, we're, we're just <laughs> well, doing Adams.
0: The other scene we're is just- you gave me the second scene, the Debbie clip. That's from Adams Family, dude. No, it's not. Debbie's not in the original Adams Family.
1: Is she not? No. I thought you just lost you just lost all credibility with our Adams Family Values. Man, you you're right. Listeners. You're
0: right. I am. I did. Yeah, I, I, I did. I know I'm right. The first movie yeah. is not is about Uncle Fester and coming back. Yeah, and no, totally. I, I and then I was I was just kind of confused. I was very confused by it all. to Be honest with you. Our, well, let me help you out. We're doing Adams Family Values, which
1: Perfect. is in my which is and we'll get to this one of the best American cinema sequels ever made, mm. Inarguably, you get. You know, 100 scholars in a room, and all 100 will say that, I'm sure. So uh, we're doing Adam's Family Values specifically because it's Thanksgiving, and there is quite a large amount of Adam's Family Values dedicated to the last Thanksgiving, which is a a, a play that Wednesday and Pugsley put on at their summer camp, which we'll get into because it's fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. But we're just doing Adam's Family Values today. I was thinking that, like, I almost thought that, like, we should stash this one, and next year on Halloween we should do Adam's Family Volumes and then on Thanksgiving we should do Adam's Family – excuse me, on Halloween we do Adam's Family – and on Thanksgiving we do Adam's Family Values so that we kind of butt them up next to each other. But then I thought, ah, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> so uh, th- that's why we're doing Adam's Family Values. And, Brennan, I, I hope you're ready to give your synopsis like you always do and like all of our fans look forward to.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean – I thought we were going to do both today, so I'm I'm very excited. I only got to explain one of them. All right. Um. Well, the sequel to the Adams family, Adams family, Adams family values, is about Gomez and Mart- Morticia. They are hiring a nanny, Debbie, aka uh, Joan Cusack, and to take care of their newborn son. If you don't remember, at the end of the last one, they kind of hint that. Morticia is going to be pregnant. And so they they hire a nanny to take care of the baby. And I, and, and I think to help out with Wednesday and Pugly, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, they do. And so, but it turns out that Debbie's actually a serial killer who finds rich bachelors and then murders and collects their inheritances. And that's when she starts, you know, seducing uncle fester because he is he's very very rich he's part of the you know the adams family and they are you know they are very 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 wealthy uh, from what i understand um and then but she wants to get rid of wednesday and pugsley like she doesn't want them in the house anymore like in there because they're trying to like basically because they see through her shit yeah exactly Mm -hmm. they really do and so they, she convinces – Debbie convinces Gomez and Morticia to send them to a summer camp. And so, um, and so yeah, I mean, and, and then they go to summer camp, and then a bunch of other shit happens. Do you, got, you want to keep on – you want to keep this going? <laughs> no, you covered it. They go to summer camp, and it's, it's hilarious.
1: It's the best part of the movie. They're at this really dorky, like, white bread summer camp called Camp Chippewa with, like, these really dorky, like, rich Californians who make them, like, sing Kumbaya and, like, uh, do a bunch of really lame campfire stuff that is is honestly, like, like hell incarnate for Wednesday and Pugsley. <laughs> right. And, um, uh, anyway, they break out of camp, and they go and they, they save their Uncle Fester right as Debbie's trying to murder them all. And, you know, that's the end. And that's, I mean, that's the story. Um, it came out in 1993, not too long after the original. I think the original came out in 91. Mm-hmm. So... These pretty much butted right against each other. I saw this movie in the theaters, so I was maybe nine, nine years old in 1993, and uh, instantly, instantly I thought it was great. Like, I thought it was great. That day in the theaters, I couldn't wait for it to come out on video so that I could own it, and I did. Like, I owned the Adam and the Adam Sand values, like, my whole life pretty much um, in some way or another, so I've seen both of them, you know, north of 15 times, and they're both just hilarious movies, really well done. I, you know, we get some old timer on here to talk about the differences between the '90s Adams Family and like the show that was on in the '60s. But you know, I don't, I don't really have enough skill set to talk about that because I didn't watch the show in the '60s. It was never syndicated all that much, which gives me the idea that maybe it wasn't that great. But um, regardless, when you when you reinvent something, you have to it has to stand alone to new viewers anyway. And that's I think that's what Adams Family did. So anyway, I think it's a really cool movie. We're happy to do it here on our show. And uh, what would you say your initial impressions were of the sequel? What I'm calling maybe the best sequel ever.
0: Yeah, 1990. That's an argument that we can have in a little bit. Uh, I have to believe that I went and saw this movie theater with my dad. Uh, We would go see movies all the time. And this movie actually came out on November 19th, 1993, which actually kind of makes it fit in really well with the whole Thanksgiving theme considering it was released during uh, near Thanksgiving and so gobble I probably gobble. so I probably went and saw this on a on Thanksgiving weekend. Cool. Uh, I don't really remember remember it too much as a child, like or caring too much about it. I did go see the you know the first one in 1991 and really enjoyed that. Saw that this one because of its success, but it wasn't one of those movies that as a child that I had on VHS or continued to watch again and again. I did last year watch both of them. They were on either some streaming ne- network where I was able to watch them and I watched them back to back one day on like a Saturday morning. And I really, I really, really enjoyed them. And I enjoy them because they're, they're actually pretty short. Like in, they're short in the sense that they're both 90 minutes long. And so they're not really, they're, they're, they're quick, they're funny. And they're, you know, they're kind of, they're, they kind of have something going on constantly. They're really like, it's really bang, bang, bang with this, uh, with this movie. And so I, I enjoyed, I just, enjoy, I enjoy the, the cast. The cast is amazing. Uh, I with- totally agree.
1: I, you know, you've heard me rail against long movies pretty much the whole time we've been doing this podcast together. This is a really good example of how you can make a good, funny family friendly, you know, m- you know, blockbuster and make it about 90 minutes. Like it doesn't, you don't have to have all these stupid side stories about people going through their innermost struggles, Hollywood, like just stick to the stuff people like and You know, that's a, it's a critique I've been having more and more as I get older, because I feel like every story, every movie, every character's got to go through this like you know change of change of life arc. That you know every character and every new Hollywood movie starts out as like a Nazi, and then by the end they're like Mother Teresa. Mm. It's like it's 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 such a an exaggerated thing to do again and again and again and again, and it takes up valuable minutes in a movie to watch characters go through those arcs. And as someone who grew up. Watching movies from the eighties and nineties, I am thinking it's gonna be real. I don't care about a lot of those arcs, like outside of the protagonist. I just don't care.
0: That's just me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this movie was. I mean, it was really riding off the success of the original Adams Family. The first Adams Family was made on a budget of thirty million dollars and ended up making like a hundred and fifty million dollars the, from the first one. And so, oh. and so they you could they immediately went to making this movie probably pretty quickly after it. And surprisingly, this movie's budget was uh, $47 million, and the box office for it was only $48 million. So hmm. this movie, while it may be a better sequel, it did not do as well as the first one, which is why I imagine it didn't ever come out with a, a third one.
1: Interesting. Um, okay. Let's get right into the nuts and bolts here and talk about, like, the most memorable characters, and I think that we have to start with Wednesday, Christina Ricci, um, and specifically, I'd like you to cue up soundbite number one, please, since it is Thanksgiving and this is one of my favorite speeches in all of the '90s movies. So, uh, yeah, th- I'm just going to set up this clip here while you get it ready. This is this is Wednesday in the play, the first Thanksgiving at her summer camp, talking about the real Thanksgiving. Thank you, Sarah Miller. You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Your hair is the color of the sun. Your skin is like fresh milk. And everyone loves you. Stop! Sit!
0: Wait. What? We cannot break bread with you. Huh? Becky, what's going on? Wednesday! You
1: have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the wow. pilgrims,
0: that was, that was, uh... especially
1: Sarah I, I don't remember that scene that Jerry, well, but uh, hilarious. That mean that's that's some woke that's around. some woke shit coming from Christina Ricci 1993.
0: It was it was a uh, that was very it was very deep and it, you know it's true it's very it's it's very very I true. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: why it's great because she writes it into that shitty ass play that those idiots are making and put on. <laughs> at, one, at, at one point, she calls the play puerile, which, which is one of my favorite words, which means it's like overly childish and silly. <laughs> and no one ever uses the word puerile, so I thought I'd teach a word to our audience today.
0: Well, thank um, you. I didn't so know yeah, that word either. So
1: Yeah, so that was Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams. And, you know, this movie kind of took a little bit of a sidestep. You know, in the first movie, it was very much about the relationship between Fester and Gomez. Mm. And everybody else was sort of a side character and this movie the a story is fester and debbie and the b story is Wednesday and pugsley at camp mm-hmm. and I, I think most most people i know would tell you that they prefer the camp stuff not that the not that debbie and fester wasn't funny it was but the camp stuff was just hysterical like every every scene at that camp is funny like everything that they do there is funny don't you agree
0: yeah i mean i definitely think i definitely like the the camp story more i really feel like they got to probably Killed the, the. I mean, I obviously know that that was a you know a driving force behind why they went to camp, but I feel like they could have gotten to go to camp. Another reason for another reason because I didn't care too much for that the the Uncle Fester and uh, Debbie storyline as much, but obviously it made sense. Mean, I mean, but yeah, Joan Cusack is really good in this too, though. So
1: she's great, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. Um, so anyway, Wednesday and Pugsley had this awesome camp thing going on uh, Christina Ricci's character Wednesday was exceptionally funny like for like a whoa she like maybe 12 13 at the time she was like hilarious yeah you know, how many like and let's just stop there how many like 12 13 year old girl performances ever can you remember thinking were just like hilariously funny like again and again and again like well, I can think of like two three maybe all time
0: like twelve-year-old girls. Like, I mean, the girl yeah. from the girl from My Girl is probably pretty good. Is a pretty good. Yeah, there's
1: there's one. That was one of my three.
0: <laughs> I can't think of the other two.
1: Yeah. So so anyway, just big props to her. Big props to the the casting uh, manager and the director for getting the most out of her. Um, and then, then the next, like I said, most memorable characters are, are Debbie and Fester. Mm. So Fester, Fester kind of reprises his role as sort of a creepy, awkward, down on his luck. Bald uncle that's, you know, he's an atom, so he's end up killing and maiming and all that creepy shit. He's got TNT and vice <laughs> grips and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Debbie, they sort of dolled Joan Huesack up more than I can ever remember her being dolled up in any movie. They gave her this kind
0: of like. Uh, Maybe in and out. House... Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, why don't you go ahead and describe Debbie then? She's just. She's. I mean, they kind of paint her as like being kind of a blonde bombshell, right? She's very, she's just very pretty. She's wearing always this really form-fitting outfits. There's a lot of, I would say there's a lot of TNA for her in this movie. She's just very, yeah, she's very sexed up character. And she, that's her characters. She's trying to get these men to fall in love with her, which Uncle Fester does like pretty easily and immediately in the movie. Um, and so yeah, he's, he's, what Joe Rogan calls an unfuckable white dude. <laughs> um, that's very true. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joe
1: Rogan's thing is like, unfuckable white dudes will like do anything to get women. They'll say anything. They'll do anything. It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. And so, I mean, we're, we're, we're yeah, we're, I will say that, but I'll say she's this very, yeah, she's very memorable and that she's very, yeah, very dolled up in this movie.
1: Yeah. And, uh, honestly, when I, when I rewatched this movie like a few years later and I was older and I started putting two and two together, this was like the same woman that I had seen from like, you know, 16 candles and gross point blank and all these kinds of things. I, I like, it took me a minute. I was like, no way. Is that the same lady? Like, and then I figured out, I was like, Oh, it totally is. I'm just an idiot. Um, so anyway, the other characters, you know, Mort- Morticia and Gomez play side characters. They're really not in it all that much. And then they have a new baby named Pubert who kind of looks like a baby Gomez. And honestly, he's not in it all that much either. He's in, like, the very beginning. Yeah. And, like, that, that's it. Um, so a few, a few memorable scenes I wanted to go over um, if you'll get soundbite too ready. Uh, and uh, that's, again, go, going back to the play – uh, these people named like these people played by Christine Baranski and Peter McNichol mm. are these two crappy camp counselors and they are just hilarious because they're like these uh, they're sort they sort of remind me of that Al Franken character. Like you're good enough. You're smart enough. And everybody likes me from Saturday night live, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever that guy's name yeah. was, but they're kind of like that. They're kind of like ultra supportive, like new wave parents that like, pre- you know, Participation participation trophy parents. And they put together this like this awful <laughs> awful like whitewashed play and pugly plays the turkey. Brother and it's a really funny a song that we're gonna play for you now. And
0: dark meat, take it away. <laughs> Sorry. um that's all right
1: that's all right we got the gist of it but yeah pugsley, pugsley pugsley dressed as a giant turkey saying eat me to all the parents on parents day it gets me every time
0: um if i don't i if i remember right gomez and morticia are in the audience when when this is happening and like whenever they're like all the other are they are they no, I
1: don't think so. I don't Are think they they're not
0: there. okay. I feel like they. No. I feel like okay. What? No, you're
1: thinking of part one where they're watching that that school play and and they're like they're bored out of their mind because it's like some stupid sunny family song.
0: Yes, but then their kids. But then there's like isn't there a blood scene in that scene when then yeah like, then
1: then Wednesday and Pugsley come out and have a sword fight and yes. they proceed to like kill each other and geyser blood all over the
0: stage and and, like, on over the- and <laughs> then they get up and like laugh really like yes yeah, yeah. um I thought Thank I really you. feel like well, why aren't they there why aren't why aren't, why aren't Gomez and Morticia there I don't know they skip parents
1: day maybe they didn't want to go to that stupid camp fair um, enough so anyway uh really good scenes um. We talked about Pubert. There's this really great scene where uh, so Debbie ends up marrying Fester mm-hmm. and then she then she tries to kill him and that's like the, the back quarter of the movie or is her trying to kill him. Anyway, at the <laughs> at the bachelor party, Gomez and all the Adams, all the creepy dudes, like uh, the cousins and it and thing and all them are they're like all sitting around. And uh, Gomez says he has this big surprise for Fester on his bachelor party and they wheel out this like giant cake. Right. And Gomez goes, and like nothing happens. And he goes, and like nothing happens. Then he goes and he like peeks inside the top of the cakes. It's one of those cakes that like the strippers pop out of. And he like peeks inside and he goes, Lurch, was she in there before you baked it? (laughs) (laughs) And and Lurch kind of makes a guilty face. (laughs) <laughs> they all kind of just they, gomez kind of like closes the lid of the cake and everyone just
0: kind of laughs and like carries oh, Wow, well, we, we cooked the stripper to death <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man the the black comedy in this movie is it's is amazing i will say like and then in the fir- in the first both of them like they're just the the jokes they make are so they aren't it's so they're so dark, but they're just so you can't help but laugh. Cause it's just, cause it's, they really do suspend the, like you really n- believe that these people are like this. And yeah. but like, they do it in such a really wholesome way, like that. You don't, you don't find it weird or, or not, not weird, but like terrible, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I'm not explaining this correctly.
1: No, you did fine. You're right. Like you, they sell you on it. They, they make it funny somehow. Yeah. Um, um so I was going to move over to kind of all the amazing talent that was uh, in this movie in, in terms of actors and actresses. And I, I wanted to start with Christina Ricci because I mentioned it earlier. I really think, you know, this was kind of a star, a star-making franchise for her. Like, she got cast as Wednesday Adams mm-hmm. and she fucking nailed it because she was hilarious, and she looked perfect for it. And she was so funny that it led to this, like, amazing career for her. And, yeah you got to think of how many child actors flame out and do nothing or how many child actors like grow up and are ugly and worthless, or they grow up and they're on drugs and are worthless. Like she, she sees the moment as like an 11 year old girl. Like how impressive is that?
0: It's very impressive. She's, I mean, she had a run in the nineties that is, you know, very hard. I mean, is would be hard to replicate even for like Macaulay Culkin, like, and Macaulay, I mean, she had probably did more. She definitely did more movies than Macaulay Culkin and definitely didn't have the same stardom, but like, but she's an amazing actress, like it, like amazing young actress. She did Adam's family. She did Casper. She did now. And then gold diggers in 1995. Um, She did a lot of really cool things. And then at the end of the nineties, she started doing more, you know, offbeat stuff like Buffalo 66, Fear and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, and ninety nine. She did two hundred cigarettes, and then Sleepy Hollow. Like she just did a ton of movies, and then she kind of. I mean, she did kind of start. I, I think she got out of the limelight a little bit towards like the end of the the odds. But yeah, I mean, she's a. I mean, if you think of the nineties, you, you yeah. dis- do you disagree? Did you say mm-hmm. no? No, oh. no.
1: I think you're spot on. Um, <laughs> real quick, I want to tell everyone about buffalo 66 if you haven't seen it it's about this guy that like gets out of prison and he wants to go kill the kicker of the buffalo bills who like lost them the the first super bowl the buffalo bills lost four super bowls and the whole plot is about this guy that gets out of prison he wants to go kill this guy Mm -hmm. who's like a strip club owner and christina is like his weird i don't know prostitute that he picks up and like hangs out with him the whole time it's a really offbeat but funny movie um
0: well, I she doesn't. It he kidnaps her. Is like, that it? It's at the beginning of the movie. She kid he kidnaps her and forces her to like be his like girlfriend. And then when they go meet his like like family, like it's a very weird like Vincent Gallo. It's a very like very 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 strange like weird movie. But it's it's very like it stays with you if you ever if you ever watch it. Um, so
1: so we mentioned Christina Ricci I want to also say that you know this this series this franchise sort of made Angelica Houston into like you know the goth queen Mm -hmm. you it's pretty hard to talk to a goth or one of those types without them like talking about Morticia Adams or like all those people would always dress up as Morticia Adams for like Halloween or whatever And I don't know like that's, that's something that's pretty cool she you know she became a an image,
0: absolutely, um, and also in Buffalo '66, and yeah, she is. I mean, she's just a great actress. She's done so many amazing movies over the years, and yeah, I definitely, I definitely think you can't. You definitely, I would say she was definitely one of the the most memorable parts. Of the, I think her and Raul Julia of Adam Chamley are the most. They have the they have an amazing connection, and their scenes together are just. They're always they're, 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 they're so, they do, they're done so well.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and we, we mentioned a little bit about Joan Cusack and if you could get the third soundbite ready for me, um, I think there's a lot of people that think this might be Joan Cusack's best role. It's, it's certainly one of her meteor roles. You know, she's, she's known a little bit more as a character actress. Um, but you know, she's gotten lead roles a few times and this, this was one of them, but this was, Maybe in terms of it being a successful comedy and her having a big part, maybe if you combo those things, this might be her best role. And uh, there's this really funny scene at the end where she has all of the Adams family, like, chained up and in, like, electric, electrocution chairs, like in Texas, you know, the electric chair. And uh, she has them all trapped, and she's what, making them watch slides about her. <laughs> and she, she gives them this funny speech, which Brennan will play.
0: So I, I killed... So i named? So I destroyed one innocent life after
1: another? Aren't I a human being?
0: Don't I yearn and ache and shop? Don't I deserve love? And jewelry. So, yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she does deserve jewelry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she was great in this. And, I mean, I do think that you're probably right. Like, this probably was her pinnacle of her probably career. I, I do think she goes on to do a lot of sm- smaller things. Like, she's a very character actress, like, throughout the, you know, rest of her career. And she does have a really good arc in this show called uh shameless that that she was nominated for a couple Emmys for but yeah she's I mean she's she's a very she's a very good character actress like she's very very memorable and I will say that this I mean it was she was in a ton of movie like a ton of early 90s movies that were not a ton but like very where she plays character actors like right the one before this she plays uh why can I think of his name it, she's in toys with uh oh robin williams with robin williams and she plays like her sister in that and then she's in she's in in and out which actually won, which actually nom- was she was nominated for multiple awards for that for academy awards and and in an, a gold, golden globe uh in and out in and out's a weird movie to me <laughs> for its time like 1997 like about a guy coming like about like yeah someone a man coming was out. We- yeah, but it was
1: weird because he like didn't know he was gay. That's right. what didn't
0: fit. That's, That's what was off.
1: anyway. That's fair. Um
0: <laughs> another another show. Uh yeah, yeah, she she's great. Um and then of course we got Christopher Lloyd who is you I'm not going to lie to you as a child like in 1991 and 1993 I did not know that Uncle Fester was Christopher Lloyd until I was until later in life. Like,
1: yeah, I know a lot of people that didn't know that. Like, because he's just, you have this like back to the future image of him, you know? Yeah. And he's, he's so completely one eighty different in Adam's family. And yet both roles are amazing. Like they both work, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, I I wanted to give a quick props, give some quick props to uh, Christopher Lloyd as being like truly an unheralded a lister that does not get enough love. I mean, this guy was this guy was in so many like amazing titles. Like, just real quick, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, mm-hmm. the postman always rings twice, back to the future, back to the future two, clue, who framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. Eight Men Out, uh, he was uh <laughs> he was in Suburban Commando, <laughs> Dennis he was the bad guy in Dennis the Menace. He, we did the Angels in the Outfield podcast not so long ago. He was the angel in that. He was in Camp Nowhere, the Page Master. Wow. Like the these '90s movies just keep going on and on. And like he was just, he was just great. And uh, up until about '95 or so, like Christopher Lloyd was just like a mainstay in like great movies. Yeah. So uh, anyway, shout out to him.
0: Absolutely, shout out to Christopher Lloyd. And then I think finally, the I mean the biggest. I mean, we'll talk about a couple other. Main cast, but like Raul Julia, like this is his, this is his s- pretty much final. This was like his f- final film that was re- released while he was alive. Uh, and what? go ahead. Oh,
1: what was it? I, I wasn't sure if it was this one or Street Fighter.
0: Street Fighter was released, uh,
1: Post- posthumous. Yep. How old yeah. is that word?
0: I, I think it's posthumously, but uh, I, if, but that, yeah, that was his. His, his, yeah, it's, the last movie. Uh,
1: yeah, Ralph Julia. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't like this guy as as not only like really likable performer, but a really convincing and talented actor.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he was just. And I honestly think he was probably he was in a lot of things in the '80s, but the, he was just starting to get kind of recognized in the early '90s, and then yeah, and then unfortunately he passed away. So.
1: yeah he, he had stomach cancer and he battled it for 3 years and there's this really sad scene in Adam Samuel who's where Raul Julia is is lying in bed crying acting like he's dying and he sings he's singing swing low swing cherry. and and the joke is that he's dying because he he thinks his son is like a, a rosy-cheeked blonde-haired blue-eyed like basic bitch but in reality, Raul Julia knew that he actually was dying in that scene. Oh, wow. That is... And and, and that's why a lot of people have pointed to that scene as it's a really legit performance. Yeah. And that's why he's, like, crying and why it, it seems so intense because it was. Like, Raul Julia was crying because he was dying.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, it's really sad.
0: That is really sad. And, yeah, and then there's a bunch of bit characters that have gone on to have, you know, big big careers with Christine Bransky. Bar- and... And David Crumholtz,
1: uh, Christine Bransky is really underrated funny too. You know what? I, I got to say real quick, I always talk about this with the Lucy show or I love Lucy that I think the best comedies always have the funniest women. Like hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of good comedies along the years and they're, and like dudes know how to write fun. Like some, I should, let me change that. Comedy writers that are male, some of them can really write male humor really well. But not a lot of them can write female humor. So it takes somebody, like, really clever to be able to write g- really funny male and female characters. And I think, like, I Love Lucy was, is a great example of that. But this movie is a great example of that. Because mm. Christina Ricci, Angelica Houston, Joan Cusack, and Christine Bransky are all hysterical in this movie.
0: Yes, they, they really are. And, yeah, and, and yeah, like I said, Chrissy Bransky went on to have a very, very big career. She's, she's very big in on, on stage, as well uh and then david krumholz is in this which is (laughs) is it's his second movie after it was the second movie he did after the life with life with mikey which is a terrible michael j fox movie um but yeah he went on to be in a ton of good movies uh not a ton but like slums of beverly hills which is really good 10 10 things i hate about you yeah, he got a lot of work. Yeah. Teni- he's like he's a likable guy too. He's funny. Yeah. But yeah. Um,
1: so we mentioned this a little earlier and Brennan and I want to have a debate now. But oh, I, I really believe I really believe that I know this sounds stupid, but, but I'm and I think I've thought about this a little bit. Adam's Family Values is one of the all time best sequels ever.
0: There okay. I said it. You said it. You mean that I mean now it's now it exists. Um Yeah. And, I believe it. I spoke I mean, it. I mean I I have to disagree with you there's a, a there's plenty of other all-time greatest like sequel movies like the Empire Strikes Back like for name to name
1: part of a trilogy
0: also doesn't count because it's it has to be a sequel there's only like it has to be two movies is that is that well correct? well
1: well just keep in mind that Adams family was written as its own entity
0: and then it was so successful they
1: wrote a second movie they started from scratch and wrote a second movie. Changed the characters, added Debbie, sent the kids to camp. It's a, it's a completely new entity that built off the first one. That's fair. Where some where something like Lord of the Rings is not like that. Okay. Well, something I, I, like I,
0: I got it for you then. Okay. And you can't disagree with this. Okay. T two. Oh, you're right. T <laughs> two's better than this one.
1: But I, I would say they're both. I would say they're both all time great sequels.
0: That's fair. Uh, if you don't do things in order and it's just like it's a sequel then mad max fury road is just a sequel and that is that's all that's all time great i'm not gonna
1: i'm not gonna give you that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i love mad max Fury road
0: i mean yeah i mean i guess it's just not really
1: a sequel i mean the director remade
0: it it but for star wars like they didn't i mean they didn't have plans on doing a sequel you know like the way they were planning on doing it like it just it just so happened that they fell into this like into it like i guess i don't know i
1: i i think adam's values is better than empire strikes back that's just me like i i'm not i'm not mr star wars i think they're good
0: but i don't know It, it ends there how about the how about the dark knight that's part three, isn't it? No, Dark Knight is a is a. Sec- oh, is that the one with
1: Joker? Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, Batman Begins is
0: forgettable. Yeah, Batman Begins is forgettable, and then the Dark Knight happened, and it was amazing. And then they had the the third one, which was awful. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you've you've brought up two really good examples, but that doesn't really quell my idea. That I will, it's one and of I will say this: if this,
0: if this was an all time great sequel, it would have done that in the box office, and it would have, and then they would have had, I guess they. It, maybe the one of the reasons why they probably never came out with a, a trilogy of this movie is because of the death of Raul Julia like I, it would be I, I know that they came out with another Adams family movie like it was like a made for TV movie like it, but it was just
1: no they came out with an animated version like a year or two ago and it's been streaming. Have you watched it? I ha- I have not. Um, oh, I haven't either. My wife did. She says like Pugsley's the main character, and she said it was good. But I haven't seen it.
0: And to to let you know, they did come out with a TV movie in 1998. It's called Adam's Family Reunion, and in this one, the Tim Curry plays Gomez Adams, and then Daryl Hannah plays Morticia Adams. And, That's pretty good. That's a pretty good duo. And then. The only people it, who who reprise their roles are is Lurch, pug? <laughs> no, not
1: not Pugsley. Uh, I, I don't. I kid, be- never did. I kid, it, never did anything.
0: Yeah, not Pugsley. So,
1: well, I like Daryl Hannah, and I, I like Tim Curry. I love Tim Curry. Like, don't get me wrong. But I mean, you you can't you can't. That's that's margarine when you want butter. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So um.
0: it, th- that was doomed to fail. But yeah, the re- i never—I have not. Have you seen the Adam animated one? No, no. I my wife has. Um,
1: I I want to though. Uh, another remake coming up that I thought I'd bring up is since Morticia Adams, uh, Angelica Houston got cast as the Grand High Witch mm. in the movie The Witches. Shortly after the success of Adams Family, uh, the Witches remake just came out with Anne Hathaway as the Grand High Witch, and I've heard it's good, but that everyone prefers the original but I haven't
0: seen it. Yeah. That seems like a really weird movie to remake. I mean, I understand that like early nineties or even, I don't know if that was, that might've been the eighties. It was like, like, no, it was like 94. Oh, was it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, it doesn't seem like a movie that they needed to, to remake, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Everything, whatever it's Hollywood's problem now is it is remake everything. Um, yeah. I mean, like they did with the Addams family. Um, Yeah. So, so do you think the nineties movies hold up today? Yeah, I do. They really do. Cause like the Adam family is family is based in this kind of Gothic family reality. And like, I think if this, if, if you, they're supposed to be set in a time that doesn't really exist right now. And, and I think when they go out into the world, like, and then when they go out into where they're at, like it, it kind of it shows like they're they're kind of behind the times and but like it really it still it still ages really, really well. Because Speaking
1: of Behind speaking of behind the times and things aging well, in the nineties, every good movie got its own rap song. Oh, which God. was which was like a theme in the nineties. <laughs> and just for fun, I had Brennan pull fifteen seconds of uh the Addams family rap rap song. Yeah. So I'm
0: hoping you I'll play it. I just want to say, I feel like this, this movie might have started it. And also I want to say this rap, I believe is from the original. It's not from, no, it is. It is. Okay. And, but yeah, I feel like they might've been one of the first, like it was like Adam's family. And then like teenage mutant Ninja turtles. It might've been around the same time, like teen, teenage mutant Ninja turtles 2 with the, you know, go Ninja, go the- Ninja, go this, like, they must've been like right around the same time. Uh, and then the early 90s were happening place. Barry Sonnenfeld just must have really liked having a rap song, you know, you know to sell his movie, he, you know. Um, but yeah, here here's a little bit of uh um, I don't even know the Adams Family song, uh, uh, the, the Adams Adam Family rap. rap by MC Hammer. They so there you have it. That that's that's the chorus. Or the, the, there's more rapping. Um, yeah, you guys
1: can look. We can't air, air the whole thing because of copyright BS. But you guys can look it up on YouTube and you can like jam out to it while you're while you're at work next week. You're welcome. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's not it's not a great rap. Um, not that any movie rap is, uh, good. I mean, I might argue that men in black might be the the best, uh, but that's not saying much. <laughs> no, it's a really low
1: bar for nineties end credits rap songs, but just like every good nineties movie had one. And it's my goal one day to make a movie in the Hollywood. And I want to have my own rap song at the end, even if it's completely, totally does not fit. Like I could make like a, like Exorcist, the movie, and I'll have a rap song. <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say that Barry Sonnefeld, he he directed the Adams Family and the Adams Family Family Values, and this like really started his his career. And he had a he had a stint of having some good '90s movies, starting with the Adams Family, and then he did get Shorty, which uh, people I've never really seen. Too much of oh oh it's good and then and then he did Men in Black which is a is a pretty good is a really good Will Smith movie like it's a good summer blockbuster and then and then he just went kind of killed his career with the Wild Wild West and then he did like Big Trouble oh no and then Men in Black I don't even know what Big Trouble is um
1: Big Trouble is a stupid movie don't watch it
0: oh is that Tim Tim Allen Tim Allen and Renee Roos. uh it's like a really
1: bad. Family friendly version of Get Shorty.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hey, did you know? So looking up Barry Sonnenfeld, did you know that he started his career in porn? <laughs> and then, no. And then the Coen Brothers hired him, um, and he worked on oh, oh to be their the, be their director of photography. So he was their DP for Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossing. Three really good Coen Brothers movies.
0: Wow. And and he, and he was also the cinematographer for Big and when Mary when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Um, He
1: had a nice career and misery
0: and and misery. Like why did he, why did he decide to become a director and ruin his career?
1: (laughs) He did. not he had a nice run and he just kind of jumped the shark, but there's like uh, cinematographers
0: that like are cinematographers for life. But like if you could have the career of being a cinematographer for the Coen brothers for the rest of your life, like that's a pretty good gig, right?
1: I think if you would ask him now in 2020, if he had a, Choice, he might
0: think really hard about that.
1: But in 1990, somebody was
0: like, "Hey, you want to make the Adams Family?" He's like, "Fuck yeah!" Um, also to note uh, that Tim Burton was offered the directing job to be was was after was offered the job to direct the Adams Family, and I do think that that would be an interesting it would be an interesting take on the Adams Family directed by Tim Burton.
1: Yeah, Johnny Depp would have made a shitty. <laughs> Gomez and
0: Well I well, I think the, Tim I mean I, I kinda think Michael Keaton would probably have been the choice for Gomez Adams at the time because it my,
1: Johnny Depp is a Pugsley. Johnny <laughs> Depp is there's gonna be Johnny Depp in it somewhere.
0: Yeah, well, has to be like uh but yeah that would have been that would have been very interesting interesting. He was off filming you know, Batman Returns, which is right up there with some of the greatest sequels of all time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, do you know the Rotten Tomato scores for the first Adam's Family and the second one? Have you looked it up within the last week when we were show prepping?
0: I, you know, I do not. I, I Okay, well, definitely... then let's
1: let you guess because I have a pretty decent idea because I looked them up maybe two years ago. I don't remember specifically, but let's let you guess the Rotten okay. Tomato score. Um, so, we, this is a are, game. Are
0: we an audience score or
1: no no, 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 no. Fuck the audience. I don't care what people think. Okay. We're talking about we're talking critics. about critics here. Okay, perfect. <laughs> all right. So, Brennan, this is a this is a little game Brennan and I play and the loser usually does something embarrassing, but we never we The never... problem is I keep losing and then Brennan doesn't prepare it. So, one of these days I'll win and I'll prepare something embarrassing for Brennan to do. Um,
0: all right. Um, so So the first Adams family okay. rotten tomatoes score. I'm going to go with a 65.
1: Ooh, 65. That's all you're going?
0: That's I I, I don't think this movie was probably – this movie couldn't have been – Is that your final – you sure you don't want to change it? I'm giving you an option here. I don't want to
1: change it. <laughs> you sure? I'm positive. I'd like you to change it. Do you me 64. To... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if you change. it. <laughs> no, I'm not changing it pretty much spot on uh, it's 64% which seems low but um, you know we'll see what uh, we'll see what the the sequel is alright Adam's Family Values which I have said is the better se- is the one of the best sequels ever what do you think the, art, the Rotten Tomatoes the critics gave it
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say 65 <laughs> 77 oh wow okay well. so
1: not just me but critics agree Adam's Family Values is a pretty good movie
0: that's funny. Um, that I mean, that critics gave this such a better score, and it got literally like did not make any money. Yeah, oh, well, people
1: are dumb. You know, you can't trust
0: them. I'm trying to think what happened in 1993. What other movies like if it was like a holiday movie like Adams Family Values like came out in November of like 1993? Then there's all these other movies that had to have been coming out at the same time that easily like I imagine it was probably going up against uh, Lost in New York. Um, oh yeah, maybe it was. And if it was going up against Home Alone, lost in New York in 1993, then that it would have got killed. Oh no, Home Alone Two is 1992, so mm. not, not. Well, I know that Jur-
1: Jurassic Park came out that summer. Hmm. This this would have been later. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking up the number one movie. Oh, you know what? That's interesting. So it was the number 1 movie the week it came out, um November 21st, but the two weeks before that were The Nightmare Before Christmas and mm. the two weeks after that were Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Oh, wow, yeah.
1: So that that's actually, you know, pretty pretty good company. And then there's a week in between where the Disney movie Three Musketeers was number 1, which is decent too actually. That's a decent Disney movie. Um the Three Musketeers with uh Oliver Platt that's what I always say. He's like the fourth musketeer <laughs> in the movie, but I always say, yeah, starring Oliver Plaques, He's my
0: favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, didn't... Yeah, Jurassic Park. There's a lot of good movies that came out this year. Like, Yeah,
1: so, so anyway, yeah. Uh, the critics agree. Adam's the Guy is a pretty awesome movie. We hope you guys think it's an awesome show, and maybe, just maybe, if you like our show enough, you'll get on our social media and give us some of those awesome five-star reviews, because that's really what we're after, isn't it, Brennan?
0: That's... That's exactly right. That's how we're going to become millionaires off podcasting.
1: Or at least become the flagship program for Speak Spokane, which you told me we're in like the top three. And now it's like the only thing I've thought of since you said that is how can we torpedo the other two and be like the clear cut number one. Hmm. Like I'm, I I want to be Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs. I want to be Russell Wilson on the Seahawks. <laughs> I want to be I want to be the, the clear cut best on the team, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely mean I work there. I can sabotage them and yes. just make it happen. Yes. Like that's okay. that I mean that would yes. be the easiest way for us to do it.
1: Cast a vote for that from me.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, as always guys, please go on to iTunes, not iTunes. I keep us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Give us those five star reviews. It it helps us out so much and and if you like this show, share it with your friend. Share it with a friend. Say, hey, I listened to this show. It's, You know, you should listen to it too. And how can they reach out to us? They can reach out to us by emailing us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. That's super 90 b r o s at gmail.com. I think you you
1: misspelled 90s while you were saying. I probably did. Spell it right. It's all spelled out. It's all he's trying to say. It's all spelled out. So anyway, uh, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. For Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another creepy crawly episode of Super 90s Bros, Adam's Family Value Style. Uh, We hope you guys had an awesome turkey day watching football, hanging out with the Peaks. All right. See you guys later. Peace.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.